Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon, with me, Clara Curtis. And in the house today, it's finally happening. Clara, we finally get to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. We've been talking about this for, I don't know, about two months now, I feel like, since we, we saw it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think that's right. Because it came out in late March, early April for like wide release. And then it right. wasn't available to really watch unless you went to the theater twice, which mm-hmm. you did. I did do you that. better than me. <laughs> I watched it virtually on demand uh, just very recently. Mm-hmm. And now I feel comfortable talking about it that I've seen it twice. I'm excited but nervous. How do you feel? Yeah. I, yeah, I feel, I feel like it's this interesting thing where I'm so stoked, but I'm also like, there is so much that you can talk about in this movie. Yeah, yeah, That yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I want to make sure I say everything, which is kind of in tune with this movie to begin with, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Very true. So what we'll do is we'll talk about the movie for about 25, 30 minutes, what we love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about our five favorite A24 movies, which I was shocked to learn that we hadn't done together. I assumed I that we did, but we've never done that. We haven't. But I feel like we just talk about them all the time. That could be why I assumed we did it. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like I know at least three of your choices, maybe four of them, <gasps> okay. if I'm being honest. If I, if I like, we'll get to there. I feel like I can guess all of them. So oh my God, I could okay. be wrong. I could be, I could totally not know, but I feel like I know you well enough now. So I'm like, I know for sure this movie's on there. I know this movie's on there. Uh, I think both of us have everything ever all wants in the top five. Is that wrong? It, it is in the top five. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll do like a pseudo top six. So like, cool. we'll just not talk about that one, but assume it's on there. Yeah. How do we start this? How do we start talking oh. about everything everywhere all at once? I guess my first question to you is, When you went to go in to see it, what was your expectation? What was your expectation leading up to it? And what was your initial reaction to it? Because I feel like everybody kind of had a different experience when they first went to go see this. Mm. I feel like going in, I had this like interesting thing that I feel like it's fair to compare to Parasite, which I think we said when we Mm. like very vaguely talked about this film when we did our top five favorite films to cry to. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Okay, yeah, we did. Um, So throwback, everybody. Um, I went in knowing, like, nothing about the plot necessarily. Like, I hadn't watched any of the trailers. Like, I kind of avoided all that stuff. The only thing I knew going in is that, like, it was getting, like, universal praise from critics, which, like, can sometimes be not like attune with what I feel but a lot of the time if it's that level of like hype and praise then I'm like Mm -hmm. okay like this is gonna be good I'm gonna like it um so I was going in with like just like that vague feeling of like I think I'm gonna really like this and then within like the first five minutes or so I was like oh no I like love this already I was like (laughs) this is gonna be exactly the kind of thing I'm going to love and so I was so excited And then by the end of it all, I feel like I came out like shell shocked, which I think is a very common feeling with this film as well, is that you come out and you've just felt so many things. And I cried so much (laughs) that I was just like a little husk of myself. I was like, oh my gosh, like every emotion I could have felt is just out of my body right now. (laughs) Like there's just nothing left. And I was just, it was great. (laughs) Now you saw it a second time. What was the reaction the second time? Was it? 
as visceral as as strong or did you do you think it like lessened a little bit no i think i i had a really like cool rare second viewing with it being in theaters just because i saw it in theaters when i was on vacation and i was in key west and so i went to this like super local little indie theater with like five theaters shout out oh. tropic cinema in key west <laughs> what's uh, the indie <laughs> indie theaters to like in uh, in key west um, it was actually so impressive. They were playing everything everywhere all at once. They were playing the Northmen, which were like the big, um, you know, like eight, like indie, like mainstream kind of stuff, I would call it. Yeah. And then they were playing um, The Happening, that French film about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then... I think it's just Happening, just oh, for clarification. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't want Thank anybody you. Googling The Happening. Because oh, yeah. That Wait, will give no. You... That's the a different film. That's a <laughs> bad film. <laughs> the really oh bad no. one, yeah. That, yeah, that's not a good film. Okay, yes, so Happening. And then I think there were a couple other ones that I had seen. I hadn't personally watched, but I saw on the like catalog for like the Seattle International Film Festival. So it was like mm. proper like indie stuff. Oh, so good was, stuff. Yeah, so that was cool. And so I went in, I went in on a weekday during the day. So I was the only person there the whole day, time I was there. I saw The Northman and then Everything Everywhere all at once again, like back to back. So <laughs> it was so much fun. I was the only person in both my theaters. So I saw Everything every, Everywhere all at once in theaters alone. And that was, like, really rad because yeah. I got to just, like, very unselfconsciously watch this movie with, like, everything I had inside me, like, coming out. And I really liked that. Um, I feel like I appreciated the themes more on a second viewing. I loved the themes that they're exploring on a first watch, but you're just so raw to, like, everything you're seeing yeah. that... It's harder to really dig into it on like an intellectual level, I would say. Um, so I felt like I was analyzing a lot more the second time. And I loved that experience of it, like getting to really dig into this film because it's mm -hmm. easy to just lose yourself in the craziness of it. Um, but when you start rewatching it more and more, like I would say the like shock value wears off a little bit, but that's almost good because then you get to yeah. enjoy it more. I completely agree. I feel like the first time I was overwhelmed, but in, in a good way. Like I was yes. so overwhelmed with all of my emotions and all of the things happening on the screen. I wasn't totally in love with it. But the second time I watched it, I watched it alone like you. Not in a theater, mm -hmm. just on my at my desk. Mm -hmm. And I watched it alone and cried much harder the second time than mm. I did the first time. And I mean like I was uncontrollably sobbing at at the moments in this movie yeah and in the first time i saw it it was in a, a pretty packed theater it was like a promotional screening and i had like seats for press but mm -hmm. there was a lot of other like groups there that were there to watch it and it was a lot of fun everyone was laughing and crying it was a really fun like collective experience yeah but watching it alone was uh, I almost, I don't want to say I enjoyed it more, but I had a really great time kind of like sitting there and like exploring these themes on my own mm -hmm. time because I, you know, I've, I'm, the shock value has worn down a little bit so I could explore those things a little bit further. And uh, that led to me uh, sobbing at my desk <laughs> and at like 11 a.m. on a Monday afternoon. Yes. So, mood. <laughs> definite mood. And I, I feel like when I went into this, my expectation was high. But only because 
the Daniels were involved and mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh was involved and A twenty four. So there's like this natural expectation, like, oh, this is, I hope this is going to be unique and fun and exciting, and it kind of just blew me away with how deeper it was. I mean, I guess yeah. I didn't expect it to really explore so much, but so elegantly that makes sense which is Mm. weird to say elegant when like people are like like (laughs) blowing on each other's noses and like exploding (laughs) and like there's so many multiverses uh i guess when it comes down to it the basic question i need to ask you is why does this work i i guess Mm. how does this work why does this work why do you think it is reached this level of acclaim that has reached i mean it's now the best highest grossing a24 movie it's one of the best rated movies on Letterboxd. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 we kind of compared it to Parasite when we discussed it in our last episode on crying movies. I would agree and continue to compare it to Parasite as like this movie cultural phenomenon. Mm, yeah. How? Why? <sighs> what, what, what makes it that? Like, how do you explain to somebody who's never, maybe who's hesitant to watch it or like mm-hmm. to someone who doesn't even know about it? Like, what would you say? How do you, how do you do this? I feel like, The interesting thing about the film is that it manages to reach niches where the representation isn't always the greatest. Mm -hmm. We're getting a very intricate look at Asian immigrants living in America and like their immigrant daughter, like dealing with that cultural tension, which is such a like, I'm a white person, like, I don't know what that feels like. But there's Mm -hmm. plenty of people that do. And there's plenty of people who have said again and again, like, there's a need for more of that type of storytelling in film right now. And then on the flip side, this is also such an intrinsically queer story. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's exploring, I think, some of those elements of like queer anxiety in a way that I've never seen in other films. And I've watched a lot of queer films, honestly, because I'm me. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) but I feel like it hits these niches really well, but then somehow it also manages to expand outward into these much more universal feelings of like nihilism and hopefulness and like wanting to like connect with your parents who you clearly just are on totally different wavelengths with. And I think those Mm -hmm. things are such bigger experiences beyond just like a niche community. And so it's easier... I think for some people who maybe struggle more often with like expressing empathy towards people they don't look like, I think it's easier for those people to feel those feelings with the characters and feel that empathy more. And that's really interesting to see. And I feel like that's why it's so successful is it's, it's touching on such specific things, but in a way where it's so easy to turn it inward and like, like reflect it back on yourself. Wow, you did it. You did, I did it. it. You explained it. <laughs> if someone who hasn't seen the movie or was hesitant, Clara did it. That's enough. We're There we're we done. go. I helped. <laughs> Sold. Sold. I think you hit everything perfectly because it feels like it's so all-encompassing in terms of like, okay, it has the it really is focused on this this niche group mm-hmm. of people that are underrepresented uh, underrepresented in the film community. Uh, in terms of on-screen film representation, right. uh, the Asian community and the queer community, but it also, like, it's also a love story, like just yeah. between Michelle Yeoh and her husband, which is mm-hmm. a very common thing we see in movies all the time. But that's mm-hmm. still explored. Uh, then you said the family dynamic, you know, that's still a very common theme. 
in movies. And so like it encompasses all of these things that it's hard for anybody to watch this and not relate to on some level. Yeah. Uh, but it's not also, it doesn't feel preachy, which I don't know if that's no. like even the right thing to say. Like it just like, it, it is what it is. Like this is the relationship between mother and father. Yeah, well, I didn't even talk about that part, the generational aspect mm-hmm. of it all of, yeah. of, you know, what your father or your grandparents expect of you and what you feel like you need to live up to expectations. It just, there's so much it encompasses and it tackles it in such a legitimately creative way where it's hard to not watch it and like feel sad and feel happy and like really mm-hmm. connect with everybody. And I think that like when it comes to the idea of the multiverse, which is obviously a very popular trope in movies right now, because, yeah. largely because of superhero stuff, but this right. is far and wide better than anything the MCU is doing. Mm-hmm. Um no, no, no shade to the MCU. I watch all the MCU movies. <laughs> Clara may, might be less inclined or more inclined to throw shade, but yeah. I, I like I like the MCU to an extent. But I think that it's universality of being able to connect with almost anybody is why everybody mm-hmm. continues to just like go in and fall in love with it. I've seen so many videos. People are like, this is me before going into everything ever all at once. Yes. And then like afterwards they're a sobbing mess yes and i I feel like everybody cries almost at different reasons like when did you cry in this movie we've talked about before but when did you cry oh god i cried maybe i'm asking the wrong person because you probably cried (laughs) i was about to say i feel like i cried for a majority of this movie (laughs) i think yeah i think the first time i cry is when um, the first like introduction between the grandpa and the girlfriend happens. Oh my and gosh, I died. Absolutely like butchered. And I just, it's one yeah. of those interesting things because it's not like I've ever brought like a girlfriend home to my family or anything. Like I'm out, but I definitely feel those like anxieties and those reservations of bringing a partner home someday mm-hmm. just because like it's scary. And it's even, and it's one of those things where it's like, even if your family is accepting, and I guess we'll put that in like light quotation, mm-hmm. there's just so many ways for their unconscious biases to come out. And it's, yeah. uh, it's nice yeah. that they're disentangling that stuff, but like those moments still hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like seeing that on screen of just like this build up to that introduction and then to see it go so poorly is just like it that wrecked me immediately and then i was like oh no it's one of those movies and so i just i buckled in um but i think that's the first time i cry i definitely feel like i cry the most during the rock scene yeah yeah Um, which is crazy to think about which is so crazy because it's obviously there's dialogue but it's on screen text rather than spoken word and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's why it hits so hard is because there's just pure like silence like you just have to sit there and read these words and like really let them absorb and i think that's why that part hits so hard because it's just like yeah i think that because it's just text naturally people read it in their own voice and Mm. people May, or may may read it in like their own mother's voice or yes. their own you know our parent figure's voice because you know Michelle Yeoh's voice isn't reading them out loud nor is uh, anybody else so it's like yeah naturally you can put yourself in this position and hear those words come out of whomever you're imagining that is mm-hmm. which almost hits even harder because it's such a intimate moment but it's like it's they're two boulders talking it's crazy yeah. <laughs> 
it's such a bizarre it's and that's what i think is so fun about talking about this movie is that we're like look at this very emotional scene and it's rocks <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like <laughs> rocks with googly eyes on them yeah it's just like okay yeah uh, yeah i find myself i cry at that part when the the girlfriend's introduced to the grandpa that's mm-hmm. where it starts i i cried really hard yes uh watching it the other day when and this is the one the quote everybody talks about but when they're in the universe where Michelle Yeoh is like famous and she runs yeah. into her husband again and she's like, we should try it out. And he's like, you know, what's the famous quote now? It, it, in another universe, I gladly would would have been doing taxes with you. Yes. Like yeah. I probably just butchered that quote. No, but. you were. I think you had it almost exactly right. I think he says like laundry and taxes. Laundry but, and taxes. Yeah. But you got it right. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Uh, when that <laughs> happened I, for the second time, I'm like. Yeah. I, I don't want to think about it right now yeah because it crushed me and it's it's such a that was like the might be the quote of the year i'm not sure if anything's gonna like Ooh. pass this movie up but that's like the moment of the of the movie and then uh the other time i cry all the time is the final like uh confrontation between michelle yo and her daughter yep. like yep. in the parking lot yep it's a, it's a lot it's a yeah lot. i am tearing up a little bit just thinking about that moment yeah so let me, let me ask yeah. you this where do you think this movie will land in history in, mm. in movie history and the, well i mean the year is halfway over mm-hmm. we're recording this on june 22nd this will come out hopefully june 23rd yeah years halfway through i i feel like i, I it could it could be passed for sure but i feel like mm. this is the movie of the year yeah but where does this movie stand in terms of the decade, in terms of the century, in terms mm. of maybe all time. Is, is this huh. a parasite? I feel like, I don't know. Well, I want to know what you, what you think. That's such an interesting question. And I think I think in a lot of ways it will be like this year's parasite for sure. I think there's this unique thing going on with the film where regardless of when this film came out, I would have loved it no matter what. But I think the fact that this film is coming out two years into a global pandemic has Mm -hmm. a lot of weight and added like effectiveness to it yeah and in that way i think it'll stick out for at least the early part of the 2020s like easily yeah Um, oh yeah like i mean there's been other films that have come out even this year that have been globally like ridiculously successful like the batman came out this year which i i know Honestly, years ago. I was about to say that I honestly forgot that it came out this year, right until I just said that. But I know someone asked me the other day, "What are your five favorite movies of the year?" Mm. And like, I could name off three of them very quickly, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't remember what the other two are." And I looked yes. at my letterbox, I'm like, "Oh, The Batman came out in February of this year." Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. I know that's a great movie. Shout out the Batman. Um, yeah, Batman but... rules. That's fun. <laughs> We love the Batman, but I just, I think that's a great testament to how everything everywhere all at once is going to remain like a huge highlight of this time in the, like the decade and the year and da, 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 is that like we're getting movies like the Batman, which obviously was more commercially successful in terms of like total net profit, but Mm -hmm. that like is definitely like faded into the background, like a lot. Whereas this film, like, we're talking about it months after we first saw it. And, like, I'm just as excited to talk about it now as I would have been if we had talked about it the second I got out of my first screening of it. So it's, like, it's so cool. I think it'll be really cool to see where it remains. Like, I think the long-term 
like rating for it on Letterboxd will be really interesting to see as well. Like I'm curious to see how high up on that top 250 list it'll stay. I feel like it'll stay pretty high up there. I hope so too. And I think that what you said is all correct in terms of this year and in terms mm-hmm. of 2020s. I'm trying to think of other movies. I wrote in my review and I, and I stand by this that it feels like a once in a generation kind of movie. Yeah. Where I'm not sure if we'll ever get a movie like this ever again it i mean we might get imitations of it we get yes. might get other multiversal movies we for sure will but it doesn't feel like this movie will ever be replicated in a way and that's how i felt about movies like like parasite mm-hmm. where like this is this will not be replicated in the same exact way ever again um i feel the same way about the matrix mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it is a movie where we'll never get a movie like that again. Even all the sequels, which are, you know, fine and dandy, yeah. but we'll never get that type of experience, that type of moment, like The Matrix. And this yeah. kind of feels like that. There are, I mean, there are a ton of other movies I could I could probably think of right now that I don't have the time to think about right, right. now. But <laughs> it feels like a movie that will stay with us for a long time. And I'm, I'm curious to, if maybe it's long-term stay at the theater is helps that because yeah. i mean think about it the northman uh even crimes of the future which is pretty recent mm-hmm. uh there's a few movies bigger movies where they came out and within 35 days it's available to watch directly on tv and right. you know, vod yeah everything every once took a while yeah, it, took it took until a long time. June, really, to be able to watch this at home. And you have to buy it. You don't. You can't even rent it. I, I checked. Wow. I, you can't rent it. Oh, I didn't know that. And I think you can't rent it until in maybe another week or so. Huh. So that's pretty crazy. Even the Batman came out in February and was available at the end of March on HBO Max. Yeah. I, do you think that has any effect on this movie's legacy wow. at all? I feel like it really will because I feel like, again, I mean, I it feels kind of silly to keep falling back on like the Parasite comparison, but like I, Parasite was in theaters for a really long time yeah, too. Yeah, it was, it was. And then, you know, it got nominated and so then it got to get brought back into theaters and then it did insanely well when it did its second run in theaters and I really do think we'll see something super similar. I Okay, that's actually, that'll be an interesting thing is whether or not everything everywhere all at once makes it to the oscars because this is that was my next question to you okay this is why we're best friends (laughs) i know Uh, this is literally god every day we talk we have at least one moment where we're like oh my god like i can't believe we think the same things (laughs) yeah we do we have our mind is melding into one it really is Uh, i love it yes that's my next question yeah what are what are the chances god I want it to sweep everything so Same. badly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but Same. it's also been, God, decades of watching the Oscars oh, and God. just like being, being disappointed. Di- yeah, being disappointed every year in, yeah. in one way or another. So I don't It truly know. feels like the last time everyone was united at the Oscars was when Parasite <laughs> was won Best Parasite. Picture. <laughs> yeah. That was the, I mean, not even Best Picture, when every award Parasite won that year, I feel like everybody was like just ecstatic. And yes. when it won Best Picture, I remember it felt like world peace could be achieved. Yeah. Like, it's at least for an hour. <laughs> at least for an hour. <laughs> yeah. At least for an hour. It felt like the world has, has been unified. Yeah. But hmm. I guess the bigger question is, 
Well, first it needs to get to the nom. It, gets, it needs to be nominated. Does it get yeah. nominated at the very least? And if it does, what categories? Visual effects for sure. Like no okay. question. There, I just, yeah. I, or well, I mean, I guess there is a question because it's the Oscars. But like, it, it just, <laughs> it feels so idiotic not to nominate it for that at the very least, or at the very least for uh, Michelle Yao's performance. Yeah. Like. Minimum, minimum, minimum those two? Yeah. Minimum, I would say. Like. Daniels, uh, you think no Daniels minimum director? I don't know. And this is why I feel so reserved about it is like everything everywhere all at once is an amazing film that we obviously love and is so emotional and very relevant to virtually everybody who watches it. But it's also such a genre film. Mm -hmm. And the Oscars are so notorious about not looking at genre films like at all like and that's i think the biggest difference between something like this and parasite is that parasite at its core is just like a drama rooted in reality correct correct yeah and so that's where i'm like that's why i feel like i feel so worried yeah i want it to be nominated for director i want it to be nominated for best picture like i want all those nominations for it but i just feel so conflicted about it getting there because like so many amazing films have not gotten there despite being like universally loved by critics and audiences and like having great commercial success it's like it's a genre film so it just gets brushed aside good point sadly that's a a really good point i feel like if the genre films are being nominated and like the most recent genre like dune is kind of a genre that's film. True. it's a pure sci-fi film that's there and true. while it was nominated for you know, a lot of like eight things it only won for its technical aspects, which yeah. makes me worried that, like, okay, if everything everywhere all at once does get nominated, will it only take technical aspects because the Oscars haven't evolved enough to accept a genre film as best picture? Yeah. Um, so that's, 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 it is a worry. I mean, Coda won, and I, I enjoyed Coda yeah. and I liked Coda, but it is a very, like, cliche Oscar movie. It is, it's not Dune, you know? Right. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope Michelle Yeoh gets the nomination. I hope the Daniels do editing, uh, visual effects, uh, Kiki Kwan for supporting actor. Everybody yeah. can Ugh. throw a nomination for everything this movie can get nominated for. Yeah, please. Is uh, is very deserving. So, and, and, you know, we're halfway through the year and there's still a lot to come out. We're not even in Oscar That's season true. yet. So That's very true. All the Oscar bait stuff hasn't even come out yet. But yeah. This is like the easy front runner at the end of the at the mid 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 year point, I think. I um, think so for sure. But I guess mm. we'll have that conversation closer to Oscar season. You yeah. and I will break that down. Oh my god, um, fun! Let's do it <laughs> and make sure that our audio works because the last time we did an Oscar episode, we didn't. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we have. We can never repeat that. <laughs> uh, I'm telling people who are listening. This Oscar episode that Claire and I did was epic. So and good. Epic. In the sense that it was awesome, but epic because it was long. Too. Yeah, it was so, long. It was so long. <laughs> Anyways, oh, it's um, fine. all right. Well, let's let's take a quick break okay. um, and transition to our five favorite A twenty four movies. Yeah. Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. I was readjusting my list today. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I just need to be true and honest with myself. Everything Everywhere Wants is my number one. That's my and... number one. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Okay. Look at well, us. this makes, makes things so much easier then. Uh, yeah, it's my number one. It was okay. like my number two, and I was shuffling it around, looking at it, and I was like, what am I doing? Just 
just do it joe just do it yeah uh, so i put it number one so the next five are two through six for me two yeah. through six okay same here scale one to ten how difficult was this for you i feel like i always want to ask you because you always give me different reactions sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it's not um this one i was hoping going in would be easy because i've I did like my huge like A24 catch up when I first got my letterbox. So like I've seen close to everything, although I have missed most of the stuff that's come out in the last like year and a half. Um, So there's a lot of new, new stuff that I've missed, which I'm like, oh, no, but I'm just pretending they don't exist for my ranking. Um, that's, fair. that's fair. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> But I... uh. I thought it would be easier because I've watched most of them and I had like my own little ranking going on with those. But then when I pulled that ranking up and looked at it, I was just like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, and so, mine felt outdated. It, yeah, it just felt like wrong. And so I was just like, oh, shoot. And then, <laughs> and so then I had like a, cri- a crisis a little bit and I feel pretty good about where I've got things. I have like, I would say... For my two out of six, three of those were in my top five originally anyway. So, like, they're definitely mm. ones that I'm like, these belong here. And then I have two that, like, are lower on my ranking right now on Letterboxd. But, like, I was like, I these are two films that I think about so often. Like, I have to put them up. Because, like, even though I, like, love a lot of the other films that I have, like, in that area of, like, numbers, I don't think about them as much, oddly enough. So it's a weird mix of stuff that like I've seen a million times and then a couple that I'm like, I think about this film all the time. Like I have to talk about it today. That's so it was, fair. It That's was fair. hard. It was just hard. <laughs> Mine was difficult as well. I feel like I shuffled a few things here and there. Okay. And I think two, three of them were already in the top five, but the positions just changed a little bit. Okay, okay. And then two of them are, are new. I guess top six. Cool. So difficult. And the ones that I left off, like, I think from like 11, maybe even like the 12th spot onwards are all like mm-hmm. rated four and a half stars mm-hmm. and above. So like yeah. even things I left out of my my top six or top five, they're all still rated really high. That's how mine are as well. And I think that's what makes it tricky too is, is that A24's catalog is just so diverse. Yeah, that, it is. Like there's so much stuff that you're like, oh, I love, like that was amazing. I loved that. But then like you set it beside like a genre, of, like epic, like everything everywhere all at once. And you're kind of like, oh, like this yeah. is just like a quiet <laughs> little family drama. Like yeah. these are so different. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm looking at one and two and it's like, well, these are vastly different movies. But <laughs> And like saying one is better than the other is uh, like awkward because they're completely different. But it's yes. more of like a preference of what do I rather turn on yes sometimes more. exactly that's exactly it okay i didn't look at your list although i was going to a letterbox but i was like that's gonna ruin the fun i did try to search for your studio ghibli list i don't think you have one i have it uh privated oh. because i still have two left and so i try not a24 is like my one exception where i normally if i'm doing a ranking i don't make it public until i've seen everything ah, so that way okay, people okay, don't okay. go on there and be like where's cars two it's just like (laughs) (laughs) cars two is at the bottom you losers (laughs) thank you so much we needed a quick jab at cars two every episode and i'm so glad we were able to fit one into this episode i just think that should be like the running bit now (laughs) (laughs) oh man the amount of people who just like I've made a couple of Pixar videos since we've talked last and yeah. like the amount of Cars fans that just come out of the woodworks like 
cars should have beat Monsters Inc. I'm like, no, no, yeah, it's not, like, a, huh? not a world where that happens. Uh, I'm, I'm referencing the Pixar tournament Rotten Tomatoes did, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, where Cars lost to Monsters Inc. and then Cars Two lost to Toy Story Two, which is a clear like that's not even like a question in my brain. Uh, but there's yeah. still people in the comments like Cars Two should have won the whole thing. Like what? No. Yeah. No. There's not a not a universe where that happens. I don't know. No. We'll have to ask Michelle Yeoh. To, yeah. She can figure it out. It's fine. Um, um this is a side <laughs> tangent, obviously. So cut this out if you want, because this is just me digging at Cars Two fans more. What I'm about to say. Okay. Okay. Um, this is me just being mean, I guess, or maybe I don't know, but <laughs> please, do. I'm I'm never mean, so everyone just shut up. Clara and isn't me. ever mean. Like if I'm you a listen nice to our person. episodes, Clara's always found a really nice way to like let people off. Like, yeah, you yeah. can like it, but it's not good. Like, very yeah. very kind. Yes. I'm a little bit more blunt sometimes, but I try to also be respectful. So uh, please, this is a okay. welcome mean moment. When I hear people get so worked up about Cars 2, all I think about is that episode of My Strange Addiction where there's that guy and he's <laughs> making out with his yes, car. I, and I've like, seen this episode. Yeah, uh, that's what I think about. Like these people, I feel like you guys are just like, you guys got to go outside <laughs> a little more. Like I just... <laughs> It's just a little bit too much for me. Well, actually, maybe they shouldn't go outside because then they'll see real cars and just be blown away. I be just, blown away by it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah. So I've that's seen the why... episode. Um, I've YouTube that episode like once a month at least just yeah. to watch it because it's so it's so cringy. But I like cringy yeah. things. And it's like so funny to watch. Yeah, like not um, to kink shame during Pride or anything. But no, no. <laughs> hey, you do you. I'm happy for that guy. He takes good care of his car and he seems yeah. happy. Good for him. Yeah, I'm happy so good for, for him. But that's what you Cars Two fans sound like. So maybe just reevaluate a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. I can't. I just can't with that movie. I think Mater is the worst character ever. Like it's just he's not funny. It's, it's, it's just not a funny. Lot. Like the like the southern hick like I'm dumb but charming like isn't funny to me. I yeah. don't find it funny. It's just a played out stereotype and it's like it is do we a played really out need stereotype. that? Yeah. yeah. I'm just okay. it's fine. Whatever. Okay. All right. Let's okay. <laughs> well your studio Ghibli lives is private, so yes. I I welcome the the hate comments like hey where is this movie? And I'm like, clearly I haven't seen it if it's not yeah. on this list. Like, that's where it's at. Like, it would be on there if I'd seen it, friend. I promise yeah. you it would be. We promise we we do but, this like semi-professionally. Like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, I, I promise you I know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. But we're going to have a Studio Ghibli episode soon because I'm I'm 18 in, which I think is a huge yeah. improvement, by the way. I was like seven right. in. Like, yeah, a you've month done ago. a lot in the last like couple weeks. It's like crazy. Yeah. It's been a, a roller coaster lately. It was mm-hmm. it was like flying high for a while. It was like banger, banger, banger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I turned on from up on Poppy Hill, which yeah. you haven't seen yet. I haven't. That's my one of my two left. Yeah. And that was like, ooh, roadblock. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Earwig <laughs> and the Witch. Yeah. I was which, like, oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, God. And then I watched uh, Secret Life of Arietti. And I was like, this is fun. It's and cute. Then, yeah, it's cute. Yeah. And then I watched uh, uh, Tales of, Tales of from Earthsea and mm. fell back down. I was like, ugh, okay. 
Yeah. Let's let's watch everything ever all at once and then uh, yes. resume after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Get a get a palate cleanser maybe. Yeah, palate cleanser. Okay, we've we've taken too much time away from the the ranking of A twenty four. Yeah. But that is everyone listening well still? Are you guys here? <laughs> <laughs> well deserved tangent. It's okay. So yeah, my it's number fine. six. I want to go yeah. first. Yeah. Go first. You don't have this one on your top five. Okay. So perfect. Yay. Okay. Uh, fun. Maybe you do, but my number mm. six pick is The Witch. Uh, okay Robert it is on mine oh it is on yours okay it is on mine. I, I thought it would be like be just shy of your five or your six i guess okay okay well i guess <laughs> you can spoil where's it at it's number two whoa oh the, my the witch has been my number one a24 for years until oh, i saw everything everywhere all at once and that's where okay. i had like a crisis because i was like oh my god the witch is dethroned this has never happened <laughs> maybe let's let's save our witch conversation for your number two then once we okay 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 what's your number six then okay my number six is one that i think i've told you about but i don't i don't think you've seen this actually oh it's kind okay. of a deep. It's a deep cut. A twenty four. Which it's, one is it? Um, the rover. Oh, okay. I've seen like the beginning of it. But okay, I never okay, okay. It. This is the Pattinson Guy y- Pierce one. Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's okay. Pat- Robert Pattinson and Guy Pierce, and they are in the Australian outback after like a world apocalypse, mm-hmm. and Guy Pierce's car gets stolen, and which obviously is like a, a sh- shitty thing to happen in any way, but like in an apocalypse, that's like really it's, bad. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not good. And then he teams up with Robert Pattinson to get the car back because Robert Pattinson's brother is one of the guys who stole the car. So it's like this whole like outback western like kind of epic thing and i feel like it's interesting for me to be talking about it because like i only have it at like four and a half out of five and Mm. there are like a good 15 films i have rated above this one interesting Um, yes but it's one that i think about all the time like constantly and which is especially weird because i think it was the very first film i watched when i sat down and said i'm gonna marathon a24 like from beginning to end uh-huh. Um, and just watch everything. This was the first one that I threw on just because it was on Netflix at the time. And I've not stopped thinking about it in one way or another, like in passing since. Like it's wow. it's just, it's very gritty and very like bleak. Uh-huh. And usually I will watch stuff like that, but I don't usually love it because it's just like emotionally exhausting, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I really liked The Rover and I... I definitely think it's one I am going to rewatch soon because I'm pretty sure when I rewatch it, I'll bump it to a five because it's just like, I think about it all the time. Like, obviously, I like it more than a four and a half, um, but it's just really good. So this is me just taking the opportunity to say, you guys should watch The Rover. The it's Rover. one of A24's like only really good early films because there's a yeah. lot of... Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> the early ones are like rough. People like to assume like they've made only like gems. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. There's some, like, rough ones in the beginning, for sure. Yeah, it's actually crazy, like, watching... Like, there's a spy one. I don't know if you've seen that one. I don't remember what it's called. There's, like, a spy one that literally feels like a Lifetime movie. Like, they have some stuff on there that's just crazy. Yeah, their early stuff is definitely weird. Tusk is an early one. I hate Tusk. Oh, oh my God, I forgot about Tusk. I've made it notorious. (laughs) It's, like, my thing. But I sincerely, sincerely do not like that movie. And the way it's made me feel inside, like at all. That's fair. Uh, there's one I didn't with like Haley Steinfeld in it that's a kind of like a corny 
maybe it's the spy one that I'm thinking. I think about. it is. I think it is the spy one. That is the spy yeah. one, and um, Thomas Mann is in it as like the yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. It's the like spy a, if you look at the cover, it like looks nothing like. I mean, like especially no. now, their aesthetic has changed so much. Um, it it okay. looks like a yeah. kissing booth mo- type movie. Like it's like <laughs> a net, yeah. like a bad Netflix original. That's what it, it looks like. It does look like that. It does look yeah. like that. Oh. I. I've turned the rover on like once on Showtime and mm. like it was starting and then I like pulled out my phone and watched a YouTube video and I was like, I, I, I can right. just watch YouTube for right now. I don't feel like getting into a movie type deal. So totally. uh, I've heard, but I've heard good things. You're not the only person I've, I've talked to or that I've heard from that it's good and underrated in one of the earlier grade 24 movies. So yeah, I, I really like it. Watch it. I will watch it now, especially with your endorsement. Yay! Uh, okay, number five. My number five is a new entry to the to the top five. Um, okay. It was always in the top ten, but over the last couple of months, it's really, really continued to grow on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the last black man in San Francisco. <gasps> That's uh, on my list too. It's on your list? No way! Yeah. It is. Oh shit! Maybe we have more in common than I thought. Wow, oh we might have like one, a two, lot in common, four of the same. Um, okay, oh where's that on your list? Um, I have that at number three. Okay. Okay. Well. Or well. we'll, we'll talk okay. About it. Yeah. 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 Number three, because it's below the witch. And... Below the witch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Number three. But you. You. We should talk. You keep listing things, and then you don't get to talk <laughs> about them because I'm like, me too. So you talk. Let's talk about the last man in. Let's Bla- black man in San Francisco. So I remember I watched this movie. I did not see it in theaters. But I had, mm. when it came out on VOD, I rented it almost immediately. Hmm. And I remember just like finishing the movie and just sitting there for like a solid 20 minutes, just thinking and thinking and like staring at scenes and rewinding certain scenes and replaying certain scenes and just like going through the movie again, but kind of like fast forwarding and rewatching scenes. Mm-mm-mm. And I just remember feeling so stunned by it all. I don't know what I like more, the cinematography or the music or the performances, but I do listen to the soundtrack yes. very often. I'm saying like oh. once a week I'm listening to that soundtrack. It is a beautiful soundtrack. Also a very beautiful movie to look at. There are so many shots in this movie that are wallpaper worthy. Put them mm-hmm. on your phone, put them on your computer screen. Uh, but the story about gentrification in San Francisco was one I was – really ignorant about and i can mm. ha- i'll admit that happily that mm. i wasn't really aware of what was going on in that city i'm not from san francisco i mean from california but san francisco mm. is essentially a different state it's so yeah far it is you're so south um, I'm, yeah i'm literally like seven hours away from it so there's i don't go up there very often yeah um but san francisco is, is in the news so often it's obviously boomed so much in the last 25 years because of technology and mm-hmm. it being kind of like the center of that, the hub of all the technology, that I was I was really unaware of what was going on there. Hmm. And this movie really opened my eyes to it. And I feel like it like led me to just read and learn so much more. And I love when a movie does that to me. I love when a movie teaches me things and shows me things from a different uh, person's perspective, a different group's mm-hmm. perspective. It's so uh, important. And it's to me like when it's done this artistically and this creatively is like the kind of movie i love so i really really love this movie a lot what are your thoughts 
I really, really love this movie too. This is actually the last movie I watched in 2019. I finished oh. it like 10 minutes before midnight. So it was Interesting. like- So that was kind of cool, like, because I feel like I was already in such like a, like a very introspective headspace before 2020 started. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I watched this film and then I was just like sucked into that more, but in like a really great way. Um, Like you, I was just blown away, like the performances, the score, the cinematography, like it all just melds together so perfectly. Like it's... It's almost like shocking how good it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's just insane. like oh, it's so good. Like I personally rewatched like those opening scenes where they're on the skateboard and they're doing oh, these like super so slow good. motion shots. Oh my god, I watch that all the time on YouTube. I'm obsessed with yeah. that scene. Like it's just beautiful and like what a cool creative way to start a film. I'm just like oh my god. Um, but it's it's interesting because like. I grew up in California too. I grew up in the Bay Area. So like I did grow oh. up in and around San Francisco. Um right like and it's I was in that weird bubble where like Silicon Valley was starting to take root, but like it hadn't fully yet or like it wasn't to the point where it is now. So it's like it almost was easier as like me being younger to kind of like not notice it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um and then I moved up to Washington uh when I was like 15. And then it feels like right when I moved is when things like really took off. Like there was this just extra huge boom of like tech and like the integration of tech in our day-to-day lives. And like now when I go back, like I I don't go back to California much at all, like because it feels so like disarming. Like I feel like I'm not going home in a way. Um, So I felt, like, so in tune with, like, what was being said in the film because it's, like, it is about gentrification and, like, not to, like, say, like, I experience, like, the level of gentrification that the black community does in San Francisco because that's, like, on a whole different level of, like, criminal. Like, it's awful. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. But, like, the scene where, you know, he's sitting on the, the the bus and there's those two women talking about how much they hate San Francisco and he's yes. kind of, like... He's like, do you love it, though? Like, do you love San Francisco? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, then you don't get to hate it. And, like, that just, like, hits so hard because it's, like, I lived, like, a little bit outside of San Francisco. But, like, we would go all the time. Like, every big weekend in my life is, like, encapsulated by, like, us going to San Francisco for the weekend. So it's, like, yeah. it's just so weird, like, experiencing that in, like, real time, like, growing up and, like, now in adulthood. And then to see it in a film, like, told so, like beautifully i was just like oh my god so i love that film that is an amazing film i would yeah i was so unaware and that's just a product of shitty education in my youth of like what was happening to the black community in that area Mm -hmm. and like watching that i feel like really saying change my life is like sounds dramatic but i feel like i became so much more aware of what Mm. was happening and not only in san francisco but like in other major cities and to Mm -hmm. other minority communities and so yeah i I feel like when a movie does that to me and does it in a way that this movie does Mm -hmm. it's 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 just always really stuck with me so yeah it's just it's impressive how effective it is it is very impressive very impressive so that's my number five okay okay number three Yep. What's your number five then? My number five is The Green Knight. Oh, okay. Not in my top five, <gasps> six. It's number eight of my, oh my top God. ten. So missed it by two spots. Two okay. spots. Okay. 
because that was I you know I went into this and I was like I feel like I know for sure at least like one film you're gonna talk about which I think you still will but I was like I was really torn on if you would talk about the Green Knight or not I was like <sighs> he might I, I mean I need to see it I think one more time to really solidify okay, okay. the top like five spot That's the five fair. is just so stacked that it's yeah. like oh man and like you said it's a genre film so yes. it's, it's so different than something like last black man in san francisco yes or the other options on here like i love it i love it to death it's tattooed onto my body yes it is it's uh <laughs> it's it's just so different but yeah like i said I've, I've given fair. it five stars from from nine to one i think they're all five stars on my letterbox so perfect yeah that's that's what my well actually if we're being honest i have a lot more than five stars than that but (laughs) oh yeah i that's just like initial glance i think 10 is five stars as yeah 10 is five stars as well uh 11 is five stars as well 12 is five stars as well so yeah it goes to 12 12 is okay 12 okay 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 cool yeah uh i love the green knight and like we've yeah. talked, we talked about the Green Knight when we did um, our top five favorite of top five of twenty twenty one. Yeah, and it was both our number one. Yeah, yeah, both yeah, of us. yeah. Um, so I mean, we've obviously talked about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I just love this film. It's just so much fun to sit in because it's like it's so easy to just be like, this is a fantasy film. But then when you like you and I both like studied English in college, so it's also like you dive into like the actual like literature like tie-ins and stuff and it just becomes so much more fun to like pick apart oh my god it's the best oh my god it's like being in a candy shop like it's just so (laughs) it's so nice dang we're sounding like nerds right now i know we really do (laughs) (laughs) it's fine we're just really showing our range one minute we're bashing cars two and now we're talking about (laughs) being english majors it's fine yeah (laughs) Um, and we're not we're, we're not stuck we're like we're not like stuck up either we like bad movies too or like yeah like i love twilight well. i love twilight to death i love twilight yeah. more than anything in the world which i feel like i don't <laughs> say enough on this podcast so i just want to remind everyone that i love twilight more than most people <laughs> this is and this is accurate clara's not saying it for clout either like you go to clara's like letterbox i think twilight's still in the top four of their profile yeah. and it's one of my most watched films of all time on letterboxd <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, it's fine. I should really start. I should start docking or clocking in rewatches. Sometimes I just get too lazy and don't oh, do it. Oh, you don't do I, that? Oh, that's so interesting. Not as often. Like I, I rewatched Paddington one, and I didn't mm. log it in. But I feel like I really should because I do want it to be tracked that I've seen it multiple times. So I'm like, I should really log things like that in. Huh. I just, like, I'll, I'll finish it and just like go do something else like i just yeah i just forget yeah well that's fair because like i mean i feel like the thing is is once you start rewatching something enough like you do run out of things to say to an extent yeah like, um, i'm not trying to say anything more profound about paddington i love paddington one i actually right. liked it a lot more the first time Aww. uh or the second time around i don't know oh, why. yeah that's interesting yeah I, maybe because i mean paddington is better mm-hmm. but i still really really enjoyed paddington one like a lot and i think the second time around i just I don't know, maybe because I was already so in love with him after the second one. I was like, oh, <laughs> I love uh, now the first one. I love him even more. I don't oh know. Oh, my God. Perfect. Oh, that's so interesting, though. I yeah, I find that when I rewatch a lot of stuff, I think Twilight's my one exception where I do end up saying something because I'm just so stoked on Twilight. But a lot of the time <laughs> when I rewatch stuff and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to say, I'll still log it. But, you know, I just do the thing where I like it marks it as like I rewatched it, but like I yeah, don't have a review. I should do that. 
I like doing that. I used to not do that. I would avoid it. I was like, I have to say something every time I watch something. But then I just felt like I was being, it was just, it feels so artificial when you do that, you know, like, it's just Mm -hmm. like, and then you're just exhausted because it's like, if you don't have anything to say, like, no need to force it. Yeah, because it's different than writer's block. Like, writer's block is like, you know, you have something to say, but you just can't get it out in the way you want. But like, correct. If you're just forcing yourself, it's like, yeah. The intricacies of Letterbox. I know. Wow. Look at us go. Hey, Letterbox show. <laughs> where are you guys? We're available. We're available. We'll talk okay, to I you. I distracted you again. <laughs> we did. Um, the Green Knight. Yes, we're nerds, kids in a candy yes. shop because there's so much to really explore once you get yeah. down to the nitty-gritty i just love that film it's just so good yeah. i mm. agree i agree epic all right my number four pick i thought this would be on your top five but maybe it is not but my number four <gasps> okay is minari <gasps> this used to be in my top five and it got bumped for the green knight and the rover interesting interesting yeah. so so far mine is because it's getting kind of confusing i know we are like six <laughs> So, sixth place is The Witch for me, mm-hmm. which we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Fifth is Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Fourth is Minari. Okay. So, those are the two. So far, three and two are a mystery. Okay. For okay. you, six was The Rover. The Rover. Mm-hmm. Five was The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Four is a mystery. Three is the not last, a mystery. The Last it's... Black Man in San Francisco. And two is The Witch. Yeah. Okay. Well, Minari is uh, another movie where, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I saw this and was like, I think I wrote my letterbox review. Can I give this six stars because I loved it so much? Yeah. Uh, it was an experience that I was not ready for, but I'm mm. so glad that I did. Another story about immigrants living in the United States and trying yeah. to figure out their way. I guess I'm realizing that's kind of like my jam uh, mm. i'm really loving those stories a lot mm-hmm. because they're so honest and then i feel like when you know this is directed by lee isaac chung so there's mm-hmm. like there's so much authenticity in this movie that i really really enjoyed it and steve yoon is great in it this was my pick to win best picture of 2020 mm-hmm. um mm. i was fine at no my land one I, I don't know why yeah. people didn't like or hate on that movie too much i think but uh um, right yeah minari it, this was a movie I, I try to recommend to anybody who's like, I need something that's like, I want to get into movies more. I'm like, watch mm. Ooh, that's a good one to recommend. Yeah, I think so. It's like oh, a, I like it's that. Like a good family story, but there's enough going on. I, the performances are great. It's Oscar winning. Yeah. It's, I think it's a good one to like really ease yourself into like some heavier movies sometimes. Ooh, yeah, that's facts. I like that a lot. Any Minari thoughts? Um, I feel like you're summing it up really well. I think my, I think the reason why I'm not talking about it is like, I saw it the once during my big, like, oh my God, there's so many movies that came out this year that I haven't seen yet. I got to watch them before the Oscars. And I love, I loved it. I loved it. But it just, I watched it when in between so much other stuff that like, I remember, like, I remember it very fondly, but I feel like I don't have enough, like, grasp on it fully to rave about it as much as I want to, because I do want to rave about it. Because Minari, like, I was super stoked too about Nomadland winning, and I figured it was going to win. And for a long time, I was like, Nomadland should win Best Picture. But in the back of my heart the entire time, I was just like, I want Minari to win so bad. Like, I want Minari to win this. And then it didn't. And I was like, ugh, okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, it's such a beautiful film. It's just, it's interesting how, I mean, we were talking about this in again and again, but it's just so interesting the range A24 does because it's like, they have stuff like 
the green knight which is just so in like actiony and int intense and like a lot and then they have such tender like quiet heartfelt films like minari and it's just like yeah it's so cool that they have such a wide range um because i mean they are giving voice to a lot of stories that we wouldn't hear otherwise and it's just yeah it's just cool that minari exists to begin with i think like, I i'm just i'm just happy it's here <laughs> yeah i know i completely agree so your number four pick i think i know what it is let me guess because okay. we know what your number three and two pick are yeah and one okay is your number four pick the farewell no okay okay it's not here's I my was... second guess okay yeah do another guess <laughs> is it moonlight no whoa i know hold on okay 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 oh my god i'm dumb oh i'm dumb oh number four has to be ladybird no <laughs> no it's not is it 20th century women no oh my god i don't hold on here hold on now hold on hold on what am i missing i mean i guess it could be is it the florida project no uh i mean there are tons of other movies i could choose from but there are a lot of other movies <laughs> We could just keep guessing. We could just spend the rest of that episode. Is it Midsummer? No, but that's very close. That's uh, Hereditary. It is Hereditary. Whoa! I love Hereditary. I love it to death as well. I I'm just yeah. Obviously, I guess like five <laughs> other movies before, <laughs> so I assumed it would be uh, all of those. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess I don't know why Hereditary over all the other ones I talked about. Yeah, I... Hmm. I assumed your Greta passion was like, it has to be Lady Bird, I feel like. I know, but I think that's the, an interesting thing is that I do really, really love Lady Bird, but sometimes I latch on to like one film in a director's filmography so hard that I just am like, I don't even need to think <laughs> about anything else. And that's Little the issue. women or nothing. That's literally what's going on. Like, of course, I'm going to go watch Barbie. Of course I am. But yeah. it's not going to be Little Women. There's not going to yeah. be enough Little Women in Barbie, but it's fine. It's, it's very uh, true. It's very true. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I. Wow. This is good, though, because we're, like, satisfying a lot of fans and listeners right are. now. We are. We're getting a good We're getting a good range. I feel like you're landing a lot more in the really great, like, quieter drama stuff which i love yeah. and then i feel like a lot of mine are much more in that genre niche um, which is good this is yes. good. This is important because i love all these movies as well i like hereditary a yeah. lot so we're cool we're good this is perfect um yeah i love hereditary i this is an interesting thing i've actually been having a little bit of like a crisis with is just that i've always been such a big horror movie fan like aggressively so Mm -hmm. um and i feel like especially this year i have not been watching as much horror as i would like it's to been slow it's been a slow year but i also just love you know watching like older stuff i haven't seen and yeah. i just feel like i just haven't been watching as much horror so i've been a little bit like sad about that but obviously i can just fix that it's really easy i just have to stop watching Grey's anatomy for like two minutes <laughs> um. yeah, yeah it's, it's a good it's a good way to, to yeah. watch more horror it's, it's take fine a pause on Grey's anatomy yeah um also i just want to say yes i am very very queer and i love Grey's anatomy we do exist Grey's yeah. anatomy is not just for straight people i promise no. shonda lands for everyone yes exactly ugh okay i don't want to talk about Grey's anatomy because i will just go on a tangent um yeah that's a, that's its own type of horror to be honest it honestly is it's scary it's fine it's, it's terrifying oh terrifying. my god it's fine 
Um, yeah. So I just I love horror movies. So like, have you a gone lot. to the shooter yet? Um, no, I'm in. I'm in. Sorry, I, I no, completely it's okay. interrupting you. But no, I curious. love it. Let's talk about Grey's Anatomy. Fine, <laughs> fine. You twisted my arm. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, i feel like that the shooter part is really hard for me to watch it's so scary and i this is such a fucked up thing to like this is a fucked up little thing about me um the first time i watched the shooter episode it was the day that my grandma died in her home and so i'm sitting in the living room watching the shooter episode on my laptop while they like take her body out oh man i just just equally dark yeah just there you you know that's just that's just a good indicator (laughs) of like what i was like mentally at that time in my life um little eighth grade me it's fine um I'm at the part in Grey's Anatomy. I'm in season four. It's right after um, Izzy and George have, like, finally acknowledged that they have terrible sex together. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, like, I love you, but, like, we can't sleep together and that whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And actually, this will be a better way to describe what I'm watching right now. I'm watching the episode where the school bus crashes and the one kid has the pencil go in his eye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's such a good one. Oh, I love Grey's Anatomy. I, oh, my God. Oh my god! Okay, we'll do a Grey's Anatomy episode. We'll do, we'll do like a TV episode one day. Oh my god! Okay, that would actually be so much fun. I feel like there's just there's a good it, amount out there. There's a good amount out there, and I feel like it'd be cool because like you and I both talk about this, where we're not necessarily the biggest sh- TV show people, but like yeah, it's hard. Sometimes we watch shows and we like them. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> and it we happens. should talk about them. <laughs> I agree. Okay, we'll do a TV okay. show episode. Oh my god! Okay, that we can talk about Grey's Anatomy. Trust okay. me, I've seen a lot of it so it'll be perfect. good conversations oh my god perfect okay um okay hereditary <laughs> yes hereditary oh i okay so all this to say really i love horror movies i've watched a lot of horror movies there's been spans of time where i only watch horror movies for like months um so in a lot of ways i am very like desensitized to mm-hmm. horror like it's so easy for me now to like predict like when a jump scare is coming and that kind of thing yeah, like, yeah you know like there are certain beats and motions to horror and i think that's why i love hereditary so much because i feel like in a lot of ways this film subverts a lot of my expected like yeah beats for like what a horror movie should be like in terms of like what it's doing and like it I still remember like the being in the theater because I saw it opening weekend for my birthday. Actually, I saw it wow. right away and like sitting in that theater when the the head scene happens. Yes, I I like I feel like the breath got ripped out of my chest when that happened, and that was just so <laughs> like such an alarming thing because I don't know, like it's not like it's rare for like people to be decapitated in horror movies that happens all the time but it's just like the nature of how it happened and then the silence after it happens like that's just like an example of like oh, one it's, it's moment. the next morning that always gets me like, oh when he falls asleep and like wakes god. up to his mom like screaming screaming oh. oh my god yeah and like i don't know i feel like that film also utilizes us not seeing things in a way yeah. that's just as scary as when we are seeing things and i just it's such a great film like i love midsummer as well like ari aster is amazing i love his work but like hereditary is just so fiercely like in your face horror and i really really like that and like i mean tony collette is 
uh, like god mode god mode in hereditary yeah, like it's, it's crazy just, how good she is it's like insane that's another great example of the oscars ignoring genre because oh, it's just like what the yeah. fuck like infamous it's, example that like i, I think ugh. most like most people who watch movies were like shocked at this got little little yeah. ac- acknowledgement yeah because she was so good on in it like you said god mode she's yes. insane how it's how good she is it's just oh i love what you said oh. about being a horror fan and kind of like sucks but is awesome because yeah we watch so much horror movies to the point where like new horror is tough to be good because yes you there is a like emotion to it there is like a rhythm to it to where yeah. like, you can predict a jump scare or mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and watching hereditary in a theater was such a beautiful collective experience yes and i feel like everybody including myself was just shocked at yes. so many moments um when the head falls off i remember everybody mm-hmm. just like freaking out at that uh the 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 her hiding in the corner of the ceiling oh my god pi- oh my god piano wire to the neck like yeah. it like goes to level 10 so fast and like uh, it's extraordinary yes and very few movies modern horror movies can like really evoke that kind of real sense of fear because mm-hmm. there's just so much horror and it's it's a tough really tough genre to like uh what's the word not reevaluate uh re re remake no it's the word reinvigorate reinvigorate it's a really tough genre to reinvigorate and re make it really refreshing because mm-hmm. it's all been kind of done before you yeah know? same with those movies horror and comedy are really tough genres to yes. keep fresh yes because you know once you make one joke you know it's really hard to to keep going and like exactly. make new ones mm-hmm. so anyways um great pick hereditary is an awesome pick it's Thank an you. excellent movie i love it it's love a horror movie. movie i love showing to people yeah most people have so seen it fun. by now but it's a fun one to like when someone says i haven't seen it it's like please watch it we yeah need to know your reaction we have to watch it and you have to let me sit there and stare at you the whole time yes, instead of the screen I, I think i showed my wife and uh, my uh, sister-in-law for the first time and they watched <gasps> it and like their faces as things were happening were like yeah just, they're so fucked up <laughs> oh my god oh my god i love it uh yeah okay your okay. number three was last black man san francisco yep my number three i think we've talked about a lot and okay. my number three is Moonlight. So yes. yeah, I predicted my like more quiet movies. Uh, when it comes to movies, I think they're like generational defining. I think this is one of those movies I would consider. Mm, like, yeah. It is a movie that I think everybody should watch one time in their life. It is, and I mean this, it is probably an understatement, but like so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably a more eloquent ways of saying that, but it is just an incredible picture yeah i can't really say much more about moonlight that hasn't been said and i feel Mm -hmm. like the more i talk the less i'm good at making it uh (laughs) how do you feel about it i i think you like it as well right i adore moonlight um not to like not i not to like promo other podcasts but do it i have i have done an episode about moonlight for the podcast cinefleck um where i sat down with the host of that ethan and then our friend ryan and we talked about moonlight for like an hour and a half um so check that out if you want i guess um (laughs) but i love moonlight it's so beautiful and like 
it's one of those films like you said like it's such like a defining film in the the overall like looking at film history as a whole like in modern times obviously um but i also feel like in some ways like moonlight just like gave me so much like hope about what queer focused film can and should be it was just such a relief to see a film like that because i think there's just for so long it's like the queer people in films were the ones getting murdered in horror films or like the ones getting ostracized because ew oh no now they're gonna look at me in the locker room and just like there's just so many films that villainize queer people and that can just get really exhausting and uh demoralizing as like Mm -hmm. a queer person who watches a lot of film um and so like when moonlight hit the scene and not only was well received by the public but well received by critics and then went on to win fucking best picture at the oscars crazy like it's just it was just such a cool moment especially like because like i wasn't out at the time but like it just felt so like reassuring to see that and it was just like i don't know i just i love moonlight and i agree with you in that like it's such a staple to like discuss and like it should be discussed all the time and like it is one that i really hope like everyone sees at least once because it's just like it's so beautiful like you said and it is that thing where like that doesn't feel like a big enough word to describe it but it's like what else do you say like it's just so beautiful i love moonlight oh my god perfect i mean every time someone's like man la la land should have won best picture and i'm like no Stop no it. yeah no no it was it's it's a phenomenal movie that i try to recommend to anybody it's not well that's i that's a lie mm. i have recommended this to people who don't watch movies and they mm. automatically re- report back to me it was so slow oh Nothing no happened. i'm like oh okay so i've learned my lesson <sighs> and I, I recommend this to people who try to get into movies or okay, are trying okay. to explore more into yeah to, i guess more meditative film i try to yeah. I recommend this but like your average Joe on the street, uh, I don't recommend it because it's, it's something I think that does take some time to work up to. That's true. That's very true. So, but Moonlight's my number three. Ooh, uh, let's talk one. about The Witch now. Let's talk about oh, The no, Witch! Because, yeah, we, we haven't talked about it. It's my number six. It's your number two. Yes. Why The Witch? Why was it your number one for so long? I have been on The Witch Train for <laughs> so <laughs> long. And th- this is me just like flexing how long I've liked The Witch. I <laughs> used to, before this film came out, I would repost the trailers for The Witch on my Facebook page. <laughs> wow. That is dedication. And... Like, <laughs> wow. Just pure dedication because, first of all, like, most of the people interacting with my Facebook page were my mom and my mom's friends and just like middle-aged white women. (laughs) And then I'm posting the trailers for The Witch where there's crows pecking at women's breasts and like just like (laughs) the most disturbing little imagery. And I was just like, look at this. I can't wait to watch this. This 1600s period piece. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh my God. Um, But yeah, I think... I think the other thing about The Witch that really set it into my mind is like, this is amazing, is kind of related to my theater experience with it. I saw it with only one person would go to the theater to see it with me. It was my college friend. His name is Bryce. So shout out, Bryce. Hi, Bryce. Shout out to um, Bryce. Shout out to Bryce. We went to see it. It was when I lived in Montana. Um, oh, so you lived in Montana? I did live in Montana for a bit because I went to college uh, at MSU um, in oh, Bozeman, okay. um, but I dropped out, so I didn't graduate, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) but so I lived in Montana for a while when it came out 
And I was so stoked because I was kind of scared it wouldn't show in Montana because it's Montana and The Witch is a 1600s period piece horror film. Yeah, Um, I can't even name a city in Montana. Beautiful place to live. Everyone should go at least once to visit at the very least. It's gorgeous there. I love Montana. Um, But so I was I saw it in Montana, which I was excited about. It was me and Bryce in the theater and then a group of like three random people, like a few rows in front of us um, who left like a couple minutes before it like fully ended if i remember correctly um which is kind of insane because the ending is so great with like anya taylor joy getting lifted into the the air oh my god god i love that moment um but then the second and i mean the second the credits started the entire movie theater lost power and it was so creepy and not just like it was already like such a it's such a creepy watch because it really the horror of the witch really sneaks up on you you yeah it does it scares and it's like discomfort is like a payoff for you getting through something that is using old english and like is very slow and like muted to begin with um so by the end you are like disturbed at the very least usually and then to have all the power go out it was just so creepy and then like no one else was there because like we were at a super late showing so like we left the theater with no lights and we're like what the fuck and then like we step outside and it's only our theater that lost power like every other little area near us had power still so i was just like that's so weird um so it's obviously just like a random coincidence but i was like that's so cool that that happened to me when i watched the witch Oh, <laughs> that's a great story. Mine is not as interesting. Actually, when I first saw it, I didn't love it. <gasps> and it was mainly because I didn't understand it. Like literally Super just couldn't fair. make out the language very well. And then yeah. when I watched it at home with subtitles, subtitles. on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, by the way, I am we're, we're pro subtitles here. Yeah, we love subtitles. Podcast. Put subtitles yes. on everything. 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 Uh, and I watched it with subtitles at home. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great movie. Loved it. Loved it so much. Was in head over heels for it. So, Yay. Uh, but power did not go off in my theaters. And uh, people <laughs> did. I'm pretty sure people walked out. Because <gasps> it's, you know, one of those movies. Like, it's a lot of people go in thinking it's like, it's going to be this intense, horrifying, yeah. scary movie. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a slow burn but like one of those movies that like implants the seed of fear into you and yes. then slowly grows it yes and then at the end it's like it's pretty pretty good yeah um, uh yeah i love the witch and uh i mean it was my number six so i yeah. was shocked to hear you see it was your number two i love it it's have you so seen it good. recently is it still hold up how many times have you seen it? um let me actually check i know i watched i feel like i watched it really recently but i also this is the issue of watching so much every year is that i'm like oh yeah i just saw that and then i look and i'm like oh i watched it two years ago like that wasn't <laughs> so let me double check um but while i look that up i will also say that i think part of why i love this film so much is that it does in a lot of ways remind me of the blair witch project which i am a mm. huge huge yes, fan of Blair Witch yes. I love another reason Blair why Witch. we're like best friends yes because I know. <laughs> we are Blair Witch loyalists like I will fight tooth and nail for that movie for the rest of my life if I were to make a list of movies that have legitimately put the fear of God in my body uh, that is one of them that is one of them Oh, I love it. Ew, I've, I haven't watched The Witch since 2020 which makes me sad but yeah, I it's been, a while. it's been a while but for like I've had that like on repeat at least like once a year since it came out like i watch it all the time obviously now i've had like a two-year gap um so i'm kind of bullshitting but (laughs) i (laughs) 
know what you mean. Before the pandemic. Maybe that's the better way to put this. Before yeah. the pandemic, I was Things watching... Yeah, it was just different. I was re-watching The Witch, at, like, at least once a year. Like, it's just one that I find myself able to go back to again and again. Because that's the other thing about horror, is even if you watch a scary movie that's great and that actually scares you, the more you watch it, like, it's more likely that it'll, it'll lose that ability. Um, yes. but I find myself always so disturbed by the witch. Like, and yeah. I, it's, it really, really gets under your skin. And I really like that about it. And like, I don't know. I just never find myself getting sick of it, which is exciting. Like every time I rewatch it, I'm like, I'm This feels like I'm watching it for the first time again. Like, this is just so exciting. Very fair. Very mm-hmm. fair. I think that's a perfect way to say it to under your skin. Just that sense of dread from beginning to end and the way it builds inside of you is something that's i feel like rare with horror movies nowadays yes. which is why yeah. i really like it exactly you know, it's, not, it's not a jump scare type of movie it's definitely more atmospheric and mm-hmm. building that type of fear uh, rather than like scaring you with every you know turn of the camera okay my number two pick yes. i think you know it it's i think obvious. so too yeah <laughs> It's been my number one for, like, years. Yes. Uh, since I've seen it, basically, which was in 2017. Right. I don't think it's ever been passed until everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. So my number two is The Florida Project. Yep. Um, I knew it. I feel like I've talked about this a lot. We talked about it in our Coming of Age podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about it a lot. So there's really no need for me to go too in-depth here, mm-hmm. except that uh, I would die for Mooney. And yeah. I sincerely sean baker is such an incredible director yes uh, i love everything about this movie in terms of its uh, performances uh, it's willem dafoe is great in this mm-hmm. it's I, it's almost like every frame you pull out of this movie is again like a mm. painting yeah. it is the the color scheme is just brilliant um i never really wanted to visit florida uh, but now i kind of do (laughs) to like visit this like strip of hotels and and stores yeah so nothing against florida i mean well well to be honest yeah something against florida there's a lot against florida yeah we could we could talk about florida (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah this movie is is just never not made me cry at the end uh, every Mm, time Mooney runs to her friend and then they run to Disneyland, which I like the ending a lot, which is a big complaint people have. Yeah. I'm going to say I like the ending a lot. I like that they switched to the iPhone and run straight Mm -hmm. to Disney World. So I agree. Anything you want to add to Florida Project? We have talked about in the past. I don't want to go too much into it. Yeah. We throw in real quick. We have talked about it. So I'll just say again, like, I agree. I think that is such a beautiful film and I love the way it's exploring like childhood in such like a rooted like reality but then it also finds ways to add those elements of like childhood like imagination which is just Mm -hmm. so it's just so interesting to see films like that and it's just so emotional i just yeah i think yeah i was not surprised that that was your number two but oh it's just so good i love it oh my god yeah we've done it we did it we've done it we did our top five which is well we did our top six i so yeah. guess to recap since it was a, not confusing but maybe slightly confusing with our <laughs> orders and skipping things yes my top six number six the witch number five the last black man in san francisco number mm-hmm. four is minari mm-hmm. three is moonlight two is the florida project and one is everything everywhere all at once amazing and my top six are the rover for six uh the green knight for five hereditary for four 
The Last Black Man in San Francisco for three, The Witch for two, and Everything Everywhere All at Once for number one. Any quick shout outs? Anything you like? Hey, I love this movie too. Shout out. Uh, we don't have to go too in depth. Uh, mine will be The Green Knight mm. was number eight. Lady Bird was number seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Uncut Gems was number eight, number nine. Ooh, Uncut Gems is really good. First Reformed was number 10. Ooh. Uh, then 20th Century Women, Good Time, Come On, Come On, Midsummer. Hmm. I mean, I keep going on and on and on and on. <laughs> those, are, um, those are all up there. I love that. Um, I'm trying to think. Who do I want to shout out? So many options. I, um, I really like Zola. Oh Zola... yes, I, I need. This is why I know my list is outdated because I don't even have Zola on here, and I need, I need to mm-hmm. update it. Love Zola. Um, shout out to mid nineties. That's another great one. Eighth grade. I, don't, oh. I never really connected with mid nineties. Really? Yeah, I don't. I need to rewatch it. I, That's I liked so it. interesting. I don't know. I just i I found. I'll, I'll be very candid i found like his relationship with that girl like so that was not i did not like that part I, of it i was like that, what yeah that made my stomach turn i was not happy it made about that. my stomach turn it felt like just just it, th- it threw me off so much that like the rest of the movie all i could think about was like that moment yeah and i feel like i couldn't really yeah i lost my focus on that's it that's so. very valid i support so. that um okay what else uh eighth grade love eighth oh, grade god i love eighth grade so much god i love eighth grade um american honey i really like american honey oh my god don't tell anybody i haven't seen american honey <gasps> really that's a I good know. one that's another one though that's like so slow and just yeah. very like you have to like invest your time um but i like that one um the Spectacular Now, which is, Fuck I yeah, feel like, now. okay, thank God. I was about to say, I feel like that's a hot Love take. It. I feel like a no. lot of people bash The Spectacular Now. I, I feel like the people who bash it, I mean, this is rude of me to say, are the people who haven't seen it, if I'm being honest. Mm. I feel like it's so easy to assume it's like a Vault in Your Stars-esque movie where it's like cheesy mm. romance, but like, the movie's heavy. It's yeah, dark. Yeah, it's a and lot. I like, but I like it a lot. Great Miles Teller and I like Shailene that one. Woodley performance. It's a good um, one. What else? Ooh, First Cow. Yes. Oh my God. I was going to ask you, hey, ah, have you seen First Cow? I love First Cow. I love I that love cow. I love First Cow. I love that cow. <laughs> I love that relationship. That I, I, I think we've talked about in the past, but movies about platonic friendships are like- So good. Also my jam. I yes. love them. I yeah. love them. And like a good movie about friendship will usually never be bad in my books. So. Yes. Love First Cow a lot. Um, okay, and my last one that I'll do, this is another one that I feel like doesn't get talked about much because it came out in 2019, um, and it's on HBO Max right now, actually, which is surprising. Um, it's called Share, and oh. it's directed by oh. uh, Pippa Bianco, um, and it's heavy. It's another one that's, like, super heavy subject matter and very, like, you're dropped into a situation and you kind of just watch things unfold and like have to feel what the characters are feeling but i think the subject matter is just stuff that doesn't get talked about enough like in any regard and so to see a film centering on it is really interesting um i'm definitely like in the minority it seems like like the average rating of it isn't the best but i really liked it and i think it's i like share a lot so all right. All right. Well, we, we have to stop because if we, yeah, we shouldn't go sorry. down the line of like all... No, I was about to bring up like 
a bunch of more movies right now. I know. I could me, talk so. about even more, so we'll just stop. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll pause. Um, all right. Well, we've done it. We talked about everything ever at once. If you haven't yes. seen it for some ungodly reason, please watch it. Please. Um, our next episode, I think we're finally doing a Ghibli episode. Yay! We teased it earlier. I'm going to watch two more. I'll hit 20 mm-hmm. and I'll feel good. I already feel... Yeah. Well, I don't feel good about my 10 because it's just been a, a difficult to rearrange them. It's This is probably right. the hardest list I've ever had to make was the Ghibli list, to be honest. Ghibli list is really hard. It's... Yeah, it's Every, like 10 and above is everything is like four and a half like they're mm-hmm. all so good it's yeah. kind of ridiculous so that's how i feel um too. that's our next episode and we'll dive into the world of ghibli perfect talk about all the ones that we love and not earwig and the witch no th- yeah that no we won't <laughs> god watch now you're gonna start getting people from the earwig fan club being like there's Wait. no way that exists <laughs> there's no way i refuse <laughs> i refuse to believe that exists i already but- had a few people from from up on poppy hill get mad at me but... oh my god but okay but my thing is is like you would think that the cars fandom wouldn't be that diehard either and look where we yeah, are now true true, so, true true there might be some earwigs out there i hope not i oh, know man. okay well clara <laughs> thank you so much for being on this episode you've been thank here you a million times me. um I will link all of Clara's information in the description of this episode. I'll put their letterbox and their TikTok and their Instagram if you want to. Yeah, why not? Do it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate everybody listening and rating and reviewing. And I will, uh, we'll, 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 we'll both see you guys in a, in a week or so. Yippee. Take care. <laughs>